Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. I live in Southern California, Los Angeles. This is Baja Norte. If you do not speak Spanish in Los Angeles, well, you're missing out on a whole lot. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a very limited time, LeVar Burton Rees listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off, visit rosettastone.com slash LeVar. That's rosettastone.com slash L-E-V-A-R. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and this is LeVar Burton Reads. In every episode, I handpick a different piece of short fiction, and I read it to you. The only thing these stories have in common is that I love them, and I hope you will too. You know, there's been a good number of stories on the podcast that really tap into childhood and revisit childhood experiences, and I think that's probably for a couple of reasons. I think children are brilliant. And I love how they use their imaginations. But it's also because being a child, a person early in their life, is such a unique experience. Children are brought into a world that's already spinning and working and churning. And they have to figure out what's going on around them. At the same time, they're, you know, learning to eat food and walk <laughs> and read. They have to square the world with what they know or have experienced, right? The boy in this story is in the fourth grade. His family immigrated from Mexico, and now he's being raised solo by his dad. They've been dealt a tough hand, and the boy is doing his best to understand why and how these things have happened, while also dealing with school and crushes on girls. The author of this story, Luis Alberto Urrea, has said that it was inspired by his own boyhood, his own dad, who worked driving a bakery truck. And the story has brought a lot of personal memories flooding back for me. Luis's dad drove a Helms bakery truck. In my childhood in Sacramento, it was the Wonder Bread truck. And there are more similarities that I'll talk about after the story. Anyway, it's a really special piece that comes to us from the anthology Small Odysseys, Selected Shorts Presents 35 New Stories. It was published by Algonquin Books in partnership with the wonderful radio program and live show Selected Shorts. And Luis Alberto Urrea is a best-selling Mexican-American poet, novelist, and essayist who's been a Pulitzer Prize finalist for nonfiction, member of the Latino Literature Hall of Fame, and a Guggenheim Fellow, just to name a few of his honors. His most recent novel is entitled The House of Broken Angels, and he's got another novel out next year. It's entitled Good Night, Irene, and it's inspired by his mother's own Red Cross service during World War II. I truly loved reading this story, y'all. So if you are ready, let's take a deep breath. And begin. The King of Bread by Luis Alberto Urrea.
Papa reached back to grab me in the back seat when that car ran the red light on Wabash and plowed into us. We spun out on two wheels and slammed into a street sign. The old man steered with his left hand and held me with his right as I lifted off. For a moment, I was flying. Man, that car was his pride. It was a 49 Ford, an anvil of a machine. We stood in the road and watched as it died. Steam flying high, car blood spilling onto the blacktop. The woman who hit us stood like a statue of a woman with glass in her hair calling, I never saw you. I never saw you. Was the only time I ever saw him cry, even when Mama left us. The crash was especially hard on him because he was between jobs. How is he supposed to go out and find one now, or buy a new car? Even a junker, which is how we'd gotten a 49 Ford to begin with. You'd never know he was down on his luck unless you watched his moods, which he kept hid like the nudie magazines under his mattress. I'd define his demeanor as jolly rage. But that was no different from all the men I saw around me in the barrio. It was a scramble for everybody. He had lost his job at the tuna cannery, and he was going to try for a job at the bowling alley in Chula Vista when the car died. So rage hung like a haze in our apartment as his money ran out. It was just the two of us in the apartment. He got madder the more he had to clean it, to wash dishes, to make me do my homework. My things he found tossed around were a personal insult to him. It took me a while to learn to do chores. What did I know? I liked him being home when I didn't hate it. I was happy he didn't come home stinking of fish anymore. I missed that Ford, too. But I could walk to school at St. Jude's by myself now, so I didn't need rides or anybody with me. Besides, if some of the crazy batos or bloods from down the street punched me, Pa would expect me to fight back. This way, I could just run. He'd never know. In those days, his advice was simple. If they hit you... Beat them till they're in the dirt. And when they're down, kick them in the pinche head. I didn't think I could do that and live. They always got back up. His problem was that he couldn't survive without something to drive. He didn't walk down the street like some peasant, and he hated taking a bus. Un hombre don't take a bus, he said. I'd rather ride a burro. Pa was a driver, for sure. A driver and a worker. It didn't take him long to get a job at the big bakery down near the dry docks. He showed me the want ad. Drivers needed. Clean driving record required. Bakery truck. Must have selling skills. Good with people. A must. Apply in person. What's it mean? I asked. I don't know, mijito, but I get a truck to drive. He lit one of his Pall Malls. And I like bread. <laughs> Me too. Pues, it's perfect then. He did that Mexican one-shoulder shrug while tipping his head thing, hung out his lower lip, closed his eyes, raised his eyebrows as if he was acknowledging the mysteries of the universe and also suggesting that no one with any sense would turn down a shot at a job that included a truck and bread. People who try to learn Spanish don't know that half of it is silent. They never seem quite right when they speak because they don't use their faces and hands and shoulders and lips enough. So, 
One day, he came home with a two-tone 61 Chevy panel truck, black fenders, creamy body paint, and the bakery's logo on the sides. They also gave him a uniform and a snappy bread dude cap he wore like some bomber pilot in those old movies, all tipped down over his right eye. I get to keep it here, mijo, he called as he turned into the dirt alley. Our new trucker. Of course, it seemed gigantic to me, and Pa looked about 20 feet tall in the driver's seat. Then he confided as if it was a dirty secret. It's a loner. He squinched his nose a little, like the admission had a bit of stink on it. You know what I was saying about Mexican Spanish? Well, he was showing the expression for his favorite old school word for stink, which is fuchi. If you said it with enough verve, you couldn't help but make that monkey face. So if you made that monkey face, you really didn't have to say the word out loud at all. But all your paisanos would know exactly what you hadn't just said. The back of the truck had two doors that opened on wooden drawers he'd fill every morning at the bakery. Bread and donuts and cookies and maybe a pie or two. If the moms on his route ordered one in advance, he could bring them a birthday cake. There were paper bags and wax paper sheets back there for picking up the stuff and handing it over. Pop wore a silver change maker on his belt with tubes full of pennies, dimes, nickels, and quarters. And he'd work a toggle to count them out. He had a zipper pouch for dollar bills, but the ladies on his route didn't often have paper money. Pa actually took IOUs from many moms, which was to be his downfall. If the bakery really wanted to make money, he liked to say, they should have loaded the trucks with tortillas and pan dulce. Conchas, he said. And those gingerbread pig cookies nobody really liked but ate because grandma dunked them in coffee. When I buy this trucker, he said, I'm going to paint our names on the door. Garcia y Garcia. I'll leave it to you, so you will have a business. Even in the fourth grade, I didn't want to drive a bread truck. I wanted to turn blonde and be Steve McQueen. Me and you, mijo, it's just me and you. We'd been alone since Mama left us. It happened when I got the chicken pops. <laughs> That's what all us kids called it. We thought it was because you had these red things pop out all over. Made sense to us. We were always decoding the stuff everybody said. I feel guilty about it to this day, Mama. Like I could have not caught it. I could have not touched whoever was sick playing Foursquare on the blacktop playground. Most of the homies got the pops, though. It was going through the school like a flood. Ma kept me home when it turned all polka dot. Pa did not approve of that in any way. Un hombre, you know, doesn't stay in bed. He don't be sick. Hey, I didn't mind. I had my mad magazines and my Batman comics. Ma let me eat strawberry ice cream as if I had the tonsils, even though Pa yelled a lot about me getting fat. I got to stay in the sack as long as I wanted. I could watch game shows and Mike Douglas on our TV. That sounded great to me, but nobody told me how the little red pops would itch and break when you scratched them. So... It wasn't that much fun, after all. Ma's usual cure for all ills, vapor rub, didn't work on my pops. So she went out, walked down the long block to the corner store to get baking soda or something. She was going to soak me in it. But the immigration guys got her. 
You think this is a modern thing, a make America great again thing, but they were hunting what they called wetbacks the whole time. I wanted to tell somebody she was my mother and she didn't have a wetback. I didn't even know what a wetback meant. Was it a woman thing? Were these men searching for all women with leaky backs? Or just Mexican mothers? Was it me? Had I made her back wet by being born? I was pretty sure it was that, because Pa's back was dry and my back was dry. And I didn't know anything about papers. I would have thought they were something like dog tags. The dog catchers came to the apartments and dragged away skinny dogs. I hated those days. My mama was not a dog. Did she get put in a big truck by mama catchers? Locked in steel cages with other wet women? All I knew for sure was that something terrible must have happened. And it was my fault. I was still in bed, terrified, when Pa came home. I was afraid he'd be mad at me for losing her. I was afraid somebody from the scary end of the block got her. I hid there under my blankets all afternoon, hoping she was just delayed, just talking to a neighbor, maybe in church saying a prayer so I'd get better. But I knew that nothing would keep my mother from me. I'd been crying. All of us in that barrio lived in fear of something bad, this unnamed thing that happened to some Mexicans, this force that snatched families off the block, that took homies out of fourth grade and made the nuns never mention them again. I thought it was something like the monsters on Mona Lisa's science fiction show on Saturdays. Something like the giant crab monsters that pinched off people's heads and ate them and then could think and talk like humans. I thought the monsters were eating my mother to learn Spanish so they could hypnotize us into coming outside so they could feed again. And I promise you, there are kids today that think something like that. They're thinking it tonight, only they're thinking something even worse is happening to their moms in the dark because the world has become what it is. Pa had that fish stink on him when he stormed in. And he was yelling. He was throwing things around as if Ma might be hiding behind the old couch. He grabbed me up by the collar of my pajamas and ordered me to stop crying. He kicked open the back door, and I heard him running down the street, calling her name, and I cried harder because I thought he would be eaten too. And I would be left forever in that apartment, waiting for the monsters to come for me, calling my name and my parents' voices. But nothing happened at all. It was all silence after that week. Life went on. Ma was back home in Mexico. I did not know this place, home, or Mexico. I thought National Avenue was home. And Pa went back to work. He bought me a turtle at Woolworths. La Bakery Troca was salvation. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. And now, let's get back to our story. Consignment is what they called the deal they made with Pa, the deal the bakery made with all their drivers. Neither of us knew exactly what it was, but Pa learned things quick. That was the secret to life in the U.S., understanding the rules and the meanings as fast as you can because you're always behind the ball, playing catch-up. And if they catch you, you get thrown out, like Ma. Behind the ball, though, what was that? Like wet back or medium rare or crew cut? What were those things? Signals came at me as if sent by spaceships from another world. I spent my boyhood needing a decoder ring. So Pa went to his bank and took out some of the money he'd stashed away and bought the stuff to fill his truck's drawers. The bakery sold it to him at a fair rate cheaper than it would have been in stores, and they had a chart of prices he could charge which were a little more than the store. They paid him an added minimum fee for his hours behind the wheel, though fuel was on him, and he could work as many hours as he needed. But after a full eight hours, his salary ended and the rest was all on the profit margin from the drawers. He was supposed to maintain a bargain drawer for day-olds, but like many drivers, he sometimes kept things that could still pass as fresh in his main drawers. 30 or 40 extra cents per order at every stop could add up after a good week. He inherited the route of a guy who died of Irish whiskey, Pa said. Pa himself never drank after the mama catchers took her aside from his small glass of Thunderbird every night. He had learned pretty quick that nobody was going to run into the street to buy muffins after dark, not in our neighborhood anyway. So he always came home in time for Cronkite. Mrs. Cotta, the babysitter, went back across the alley to her house. Pa paid her in bread and cookies. He and I ate TV dinners and watched the news, and he had his one drink and a bowl of fritos and cashews was kind of what we did in place of church. Every week, he sent an envelope to Mama back home. I read somewhere that all fathers are mysteries to their children until they die, and then become greater mysteries because they can never then be solved. You just wonder forever. I think kids fear their fathers. I didn't dare make mine angry, not because he'd hurt me, but because he'd leave. He got only one letter from Ma in the year after she left. One letter I knew of. He never talked about it, but that night he stayed out until morning. I was afraid he'd gone to that home place to be with her again. Once... When the phone rang, I grabbed it. All I could hear were crackles. There seemed to be a distant voice, a small voice I couldn't really hear. Mama? I cried. Mama? Mama? The little crackling voice talked on and on, and then the line went dead. So I made it my job to be the best no-crying son I could. Pa went to work every morning, and so did I. I was a bad student, but I never missed class. 
even though the kids laughed at me because my dad was the donut guy in the stupid truck. I was embarrassed by him all of a sudden. I resolved to be useful and uncomplaining. I never asked again for a comic book or a toy. I crept out of my room as silently as possible on Saturdays to sit too close to the almost silent TV and watch Bugs and Daffy and the Stooges as Pa's snores rattled the walls. I had a plan to get a paper route when I was older, maybe old enough so the bad dudes down the block wouldn't hit me, earn some extra money for Pa. But I'd need a bike. I was trying to figure that part out. I even helped him with his work. For example... Our unit was at the end of the apartment block, one of four, on the bottom floor off the dirt alley that snaked downhill from National. The garage was around the corner, down by Reverend Jones's wild backyard. It had stood empty since the Ford was murdered, so Pa put his bread truck in there every night. It was his Fort Knox of donuts. He called me every afternoon from a payphone at around 5 o'clock. Ready? Mijo. He'd say. Si, pa. Meet me outside in a half hour. I'd be standing outside our back door. It was a great place. The sun hit it in the afternoon, and when it rained, the old wood porch was like my boat as the alley turned to a muddy river. (laughs) I'd never been in a boat. So anyway, I'd stand there and wait, and I'd hear him before I saw him. If you were around in those days, you will remember the bread truck's whistle. It was as cool as the ice cream man's jingly music how the bread trucks had the train whistle on the roof. Pa would pull his lanyard twice as the bakery signal. Woot! Woot! Everybody would come running. He'd pull up in his cloud of cigarette smoke, and I'd step on the running board. He'd hang his arm out and wrap it around me, pull me tight to the warm metal of the door. The smell of all those bakery goods came out with the smoke. His arm seemed impossible, huge, muscle-carved of wood, and it was covered in wiry hairs. His bones could have been stone, and he'd roll down the alley slow as a snail, idling, really. But I hooted and hollered as if we were speeding around a racetrack. He'd swing it around the corner, and I'd jump off with the key to the padlock in my hand. I'd unlock it and yank up the garage door, and Pa would drive in, saying, That's my boy, all right. Or even better, Miralo. That one-word Mexican exhortation to just take a look at this kid. Isn't he amazing? My secret knowledge of his great mystery was simple. He wasn't as tough as he needed the world to think he was. I knew that inside the brutally efficient driver's cab, there was a spider web under the dash, right beside the long ratchet of the pull brake. He would never let me bother that spider. In his customized English, he called it El Spider. It was his mascot, he said. It brought him luck. He talked to it as he drove around all day. It never occurred to me that he might be lonely. And he never missed the ritual we had created. No matter how beat he was. And he was beat, all right. Some days he was gray. He was a hundred years old. His back hurt. I knew he wore some kind of girdle thing to hold it together. He wore copper magnet bracelets because the healer ladies in the barrio told him they pulled bad vibrations out of his body. He sat on a woven mat with springs in it. He ate Tums like candies. He smelled like sweat and yeast. But he limped to the back of the truck and swung open the doors and pulled out the bottom goodie drawer. 
and said, I wonder if I have any spare stuff I can offer you, mijo. I was all about the donuts. Glaze donuts are the best donuts, he'd say. The gringos invented them. Chocolate. Chocolates for girls. Men eat glazed. You told me Aztecs invented chocolate. Yeah, but you got to cut out some cabron's heart to eat Aztec donuts. Dad! He'd take up his wax paper square and pick one chocolate and one glazed. Dinner first, he always said. But most days, we ate them before we even got through the back door. It was the year after they took Ma that I broke. I was all the way into fifth grade. I had a two-way crush on red-headed Marlene and her friend Roxanne. I wanted to be Captain Kirk that year. Some of the boys that used to beat me up now had a baseball game going behind the school. We played in a dirt lot. We used broomsticks for bats and an old mummy of a dead cat was home base. But I missed my mom so hard it gave me headaches and a sore throat that didn't feel like a cold, but like I got punched there. I cried into my pillow at night and imagined Marlene would beam me up and take me on an adventure on a strange planet, probably Pegasus. I was pretty sure Pegasus lived there. On the anniversary of her taking, I couldn't go to school. I didn't care if he punished me. I couldn't even take off my pajamas. I was staring at my frosted flakes in that nasty little kitchen when he walked in and stopped dead to stare. He was wearing slacks. Pa, first thing, and he had slacks on. He never even owned a pair of shorts or jeans. Cuffed slacks and a sleeveless t-shirt and slippers. Because un hombre never went barefoot. We had that Woolworths turtle in a plastic bowl that had a little ramp and a plastic palm tree. The turtle was staring at us with great distrust. What are you doing here? He said. Today was the day. There was a pause. Pa must my hair. I know. I didn't say anything. You okay there, champ? I'm good. You don't look good. I'm all right. Oye, cabron. I know you. It's okay to feel bad. Do you feel bad? He smacked me on the back of the head. I never feel bad. I looked up. Hair pomade had made his graying crew cut stick up like a small porcupine was sitting on his scalp. He lit a smoke and coughed and adjusted his magical copper bracelet and boiled water in a pan for some of his instant café combate. Well, he said. I hung my head. I miss her, I said. I didn't want to say so. I didn't want to show him how weak I was. But worse, I didn't want to say something that made him show how weak he was. His spoon in his cup made a meditative tinka-tinka-tinka sound as he stirred in his instant. Yeah, he said and walked out of the kitchen. I thought that was it. I heard him in his room slamming drawers. I heard the shower run. The turtle pulled his head into his shell and refused to look at me. I rinsed out my bowl and stuck it in the drainer and stood at the kitchen window staring at the alley like Ma would show up. And I kept thinking that I wanted to tell Marlene and Roxanne all about it. And that thought made me feel sadder. When Pa came back to the kitchen, he was all dressed up in his bread truck uniform. He was even wearing his black ripple sole work shoes. I knew he hated them. They hurt his feet 
and turned them paper white, made his toes peel. You ready? He said. Ready for what, Papa? Work, mijo. We're going to work. For reals? Stop talking like a pachuco, he said. You can't just stay home from school and watch TV all day. I need you on the truck. I'm going to need you to pull the string for the train whistles today. He winked and opened the back door. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Let's get back to our story. I didn't know the world was so big. It had pretty much been the walk to and from school, the alley and some car trips to stores like Kresge's down National, which we had been going to that day when the Ford got smashed. Ma, who did take the bus, took me to the zoo one time. Took me to downtown where we walked all day looking at the boats down by the harbor. One time, Pa took me to a bowling alley and we went to the Big Sky Drive-In when we had the car. He liked cowboy movies. But today, Pa was like some kind of astronaut in his Espider truck roaming in and out of neighborhoods I had never seen and never dared imagine. We rolled down to National City and into Chula Vista, into Pinoy Town, and all the way out to Lemon Grove. He had an AM radio in there, and it was all Phil Rizzuto yapping about sports and the old redhead, Arthur Godfrey, mumbling with people about things I didn't care about. There was no way Pa was going to tune it to KCBQ because he was never going to allow the Beatles into his troca. Los Beatles, he called them in his transitional Spanglish. What kind of men? He'd mutter if their songs ever came on any radio. What kind of men? I stared out the window at apartments sadder than ours, and little pale houses with hedges and hump-backed cars and bikes. I was counting bikes. Sit on the dollar pouch so nobody steals it, he said. Our first stop was in a block of run-down apartments with couches on the dead lawns and a dead car with its trunk open left abandoned at the curb. Paul leaned away from the wheel as he braked. Pull, he said. I leaned across the barrel of his chest and grabbed the dangling lanyard. Two tugs, just two. I did it. We were a cartoon choo-choo for one moment. Woot, woot! He set the parking brake and turned off the engine and said, Hang on to my dollars. He hopped out. I got out on my side and found little kids already at the back doors and moms hurrying out of their apartments in shorts and flip-flops and everybody yelling, Donut Man! Mr. Garcia! 
and Pa stood there and nodded at them all. He was the king of bread, and his subjects loved him. It almost knocked me out of my shoes. Block after block, we sounded our whistle, and mothers and grandmothers came out. Some ran. Children everywhere. And they touched my father. I saw the hands. Women touched him carefully, as if he might evaporate if they grabbed too hard. And children roughed him up, tugged at him, leaned on his hips, and craned to see in the sweet drawers and yelled, Give me a donut, mister. Give me a cookie. I want some pie. Brown kids and black kids and white kids all together, like we weren't supposed to stay on our own blocks. And Pa, this unknown being, this regal creature, laughing and nodding as women made confessions and pointed and often only paid him 50 cents or a few dimes for a loaf or a cake. And some of them gave him scrawled notes of promise that he handed me for the dollar bag. And I saw the phone numbers. Those women had special smiles for him. And he tipped his cap to them as if they were ladies of the royal court. By the end of the day, I was exhausted. He whistled along to a Burt Comfort song on his radio. I hated Burt Comfort. I didn't know how I felt about my dad because I didn't know my dad was this particular dad. He would never be that old dad again. You did good today, mijo. Thanks, Pa. Did you like it? Yeah. You worked hard. Like an hombre. He pointed to the zipped-up dollar bag. Take out ten bucks. What? A man gets paid for his work. Beam me up, Marlene. What can I spend it on? He did the shrug, both shoulders this time. He didn't close his eyes because he was driving, but he hung out his lip and tipped his head. It's up to you, big man, he said. We got to the alley, and he let me out to unlock the garage. Chocolate or glaze, he said when he'd parked. Chocolate. He opened the back door and got out, too. It's a good idea. I like them, too, mijo. As we walked up the alley to our back door, he put his hand on my shoulder. It's going to be okay, he said. Todo bueno. He got out his key and unlocked the door and stopped me before I went in. Tomorrow, he said, I call you in sick. I think we need to go to the zoo. I never been. I know your mama took you there one time, yeah? I don't want to get lost. Will you show me the way? And we closed the door and locked it. And put two turkey and gravy dinners in the oven. And he gave me a sip of his Thunderbird. All those IOUs, most of them could never be paid. It would force him out of business in a year. He'd finally get to that bowling alley he wanted to work at, cleaning toilets. I watched him fall asleep in his chair, and I took the lit cigarette out from between his fingers and sat at his feet, hoping our phone would ring just one more time.
there is um, there's something incredibly powerful for me in this story. It's on the surface of it, it is so simple and uncomplicated, but there are rivers that run deep in this story for me. I mean, there are there are a lot, there are a lot of connections that I have. Um, we lived in Germany for a time when I was really young, third, fourth grade, and 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 um, and and the beer truck would come around. There would be milk delivery, but there was also a beer man. He would yell, "Beer man, beer man!" and and everybody would run, you know, to to get to get their their daily beer. It was it was crazy. I I also in the fifth grade. It's wild. I fell in love with a girl named Roxanne, um, and she didn't know I existed. So there's a lot that I can relate to on, you know, on the on the surface, but the the loss, the sense of loss. Um, you all know I lost my mom a couple of years ago, and we have all suffered a lot of losses over these past few years. And there's just Wow, the simplicity with which he expresses the emotions of both the kid and the father. It's just brilliant, 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 brilliant. The idea of the dignity that working people find in the jobs that they take to feed their families to take care of their obligations. There is true power in that. It's love, really, in action, doing whatever it is you need to do in order to get the job done, to put food on the table, to keep your kids in school. That was my childhood, being raised by a single mom, a working single mother, it wasn't easy for her. I know now. I know how much she struggled, and I know. I think I have a sense of just how scared she must have been at times. Of course, like most parents, she never would never show that to us. I think when we're kids... We see the things that are going on around us, and oftentimes it's not until we're much older that we're able to really interpret correctly. It's not until we get the distance of adulthood that we can look back and actually relate to the experiences that our parents had, and we see, either we see ourselves in them or we see the difference in our lives than the lives that they had. But whatever the reason, I think we come to an understanding of our parents, about the nature of parenthood and how much it's about sacrifice. The idea that in this country, every generation has been able to do better than the generation before until now, it bothers me. It's worrisome to me. Because what it says is there's something fundamentally changed about this country and how we go about our business in this nation. There are warning signs everywhere we look these days that scream out in bright, bold letters, trouble. And at the end of the day, it is those things that we learn as children, right? Those values of lending a hand to a neighbor because they need it, taking an IOU from a, a woman because you know she needs the bread but can't afford the bill. Those are the values that I think have always gotten us through. And I genuinely pray it's those values that we return to because I think those those values that sense of we're all in this together 
That's going to be our saving grace. Our producer on this episode of LeVar Burton Reads is the one and only Julia Smith. She is the best in the business, y'all. Our fabulous researcher is Lakeisha Lewis. Editing and sound design by Casey Holford, one of our new kids on the block who's not so new anymore. And thank you to Tamika Weatherspoon for her invaluable research and production support. My thanks today to Luis Alberto Urrea. You can find this story in the anthology entitled Small Odysseys. Selected Shorts presents 35 new stories. And good news, Luis has a brand new novel out next May entitled Good Night, Irene. You can pre-order it now. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. Pick your favorite story and send it to them. And hey, you can hear episodes ad-free if you like and also listen to exclusive bonus author interviews on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash LeVar to start your free trial. LeVar Burton Reads is a production of Stitcher and LeVar Burton Entertainment. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana and yours truly, LeVar Burton. And I am LeVar Burton. You can find me on Twitter at LeVar Burton and LeVar.Burton on Instagram. LeVarBurton.com is my corner of the internet and you can join my book club at fable.co slash LeVar. I'll see you all next time, but you don't have to take my word for it. Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.